0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It's Rob Zicarelli. It's Rob Zicarelli show. Yes, uh, we are live. We are setting up. Ah, hold on. We are there. We are we on? Did it work? I don't know. Did it? I think it worked. All right, we are live. It's Rob Zicarelli. It's Rob Zicarelli show. dying here. I'm dying dying here. Anyways, um, you can listen to us on Spreaker, you can listen to us on uh, iTunes, you can listen to us on Blog Talk. We are jamming away here. All right, a lot to get to. I got a ton of notes. I got a ton of notes, and I know we're not going to get to everything. I just know we're not going to get to everything. It's one of those days where we just don't get to everything. There's so much to talk about the question is where do we begin now where we last left off on Friday we were talking about uh, uh, Milo Yanomolopoulos Bill Maher appearance that's what we were talking about now we didn't watch it yet we were just reading uh, from the uh, Twitter sphere of all of the reviews. And all the reviews were, and what I mean by that is uh, liberals were pissed. Liberals were extremely pissed because Bill Maher uh, didn't give him a beatdown. Bill Maher didn't give him a beatdown. So the liberals were pissed. They were expecting another. Um, Tony Liam Noni, or whatever her name is, the little blonde girl, who seems to be as dumb as a rock unless she's sitting in a studio and reading from a script or a teleprompter telling her uh, to be conservative. Now, we gave that preview. We were talking about how uh, DeVray... Uh, McPherson, or whatever his name is, the uh, uh, the Twitter boss's alleged boyfriend. We don't have proof. We just have anonymous sources. And those anonymous sources say the boss at Twitter, that Dorsey, is dating DeVry. Now, he was pissed. Again, we don't know that to be a fact. We've just heard from anonymous sources. That's all. Okay? Sources that don't want to go on the record. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So he was pissed. Uh, All in all, liberals are pissed. Now... Seems kind of funky for us to talk about that appearance, considering now uh, Milo has been ostracized. And I have no idea how he's ever going to come back from this controversy. I have no idea. Because no matter how you want to. Spin this, talking about having uh, sex with underage boys, uh, there's just no way around spinning it. The only thing you could do is point out other instances where similar conversations have taken place and people haven't been outraged. That's the only thing you could do. The only thing you could do is say, well, look at George Takei. Go through the archives. T- tell CNN's K-files to go through the archives of the Stern tapes. And you'll find audio and video, because Stern videotapes everything, of George Takei talking about Uh, Picking up men in parks. Also him talking about. Having sex. With young boys. Now. I know this might sound. Weird. But all of this. Went over my head. And I'll tell you why. Not that I'm a homosexual. Not that I have a lot of. Homosexual friends. But. The few that I have, i.e. my hairdresser, (laughs) i.e. my hairdresser, few hairdressers. And the general conversation amongst the gay community, and I'm not saying all of them, so don't go crazy, and I've heard a lot of people on the right talking about, This uh, by no means is condoned by any people they know in the gay community. And this is unheard of. And and I'm thinking, time out, bro. Time out. Okay? You're, you're, You're a conservative who's throwing around that you have one gay friend. That one guy that came out about a year ago. And he's very macho. And he's very manly. That's your one gay friend. That's your one connection to the gay world. Let me tell you. What Milo was talking about. Is pretty common. I mean George Takei talked about it. So if you have a spectrum. That is that wide. In the sense of. Uh, a young 30-something-year-old quasi-conservative gay British man talking about uh, the age of consent and the whole uh, father figure, big brother figure in the gay world and people at the age of 13 and 14 experiencing uh, their first homosexual activity with a mentor of sorts, if you have somebody like Milo talking about this and then you have somebody like George Takai who's in his 70s and Asian, I would say this is not a
1: anomaly
0: in the gay community. This is not some type of weird, rare thing to hear. I've heard this before. Like I said, I'm not a homosexual and I'm not flooded with homosexual friends. But I do have a few. Now, we don't sit around and talk about man-boy love. It's not a topic that's coming up while my hair's getting cut, but the community and the lifestyle and just the whole bear culture, twink culture, uh cruising in parks, uh glory holes and uh bathrooms, uh in adult bookstores. I, I mean it is a culture that I have heard about. This all went over my head. This uh, video of a Milo. Uh, talking about age of consent. And the whole age of consent thing. Is very bizarre to me. Because I'm from New York. And I'm somewhat old school. In the sense of. I always thought. The age of consent was 18. I always always thought. The age of consent was 18. And whenever you heard of some uh, backwoods, hillbilly guys marrying 14-year-old girls, it it was like a, I don't know, a myth. Some, Some old, old hillbilly Elvis Presley way back when There was no drinking laws and you could still smoke on an airplane, (laughs) you know, and yes, to my younger fans, there was a time when you could smoke on an airplane As wild as that sounds. So I never knew that age of consent laws actually varied that there's some states where having sex with a 15 year old is not illegal. Getting married when you're like 14 years old in some states with your parents' consent is perfectly fine. Completely wacky to me. Completely wacky to me. But it exists. So again, listening to this audio recording of a British man, remember, a British man, Talking about age of consent laws. And he happens to be homosexual. And they have a whole nother world they exist in. I mean, they really do. They they really do. Have you ever heard of parks where straight people go and have sex? Seriously, have you, have you ever Heard of parks. And I'm not just talking about one park or two parks, but parks where gay men go or straight men who are just looking for gay sex go and have just random hookup sex. And everybody knows it happens. The police know it happens, but no one says anything because it's their little thing i live out here in la man okay you go to west hollywood it is debauchery okay if you go to most gay areas of major cities now maybe they have them in georgia i don't know i'm not from georgia i can only speak in referencing things out here in California, referencing things in New York, and referencing things in Florida. And every single one of those places has uh, gay areas, like a, a little section of the town. Rather, you're in San Francisco. Rather, you're in Los Angeles. Rather, you're in New York City. Rather, you're in Rochester, New York. They all have these little sections where it's just gay. So you have clubs that are gay. You have restaurants that are gay. And when people go gay, what does that mean? It caters to a gay clientele. Nine out of ten times the owner is gay. That's what I mean by gay. A gay restaurant, a gay club, a gay convenience store. And again, take a swing out here. West Hollywood, Los Angeles, California. There is a strip that literally, literally, when you walk down from beginning to end of this like six block Radius. You can, you can feel if you're straight. You can feel the gay coming out of you, <laughs> to the point where the sidewalk, like the crosswalks, are are painted rainbow colors. Like the city of West Hollywood paints it rainbow colors okay so if you're straight by the time you get done walking the six or seven blocks you're, you're looking for you're looking for, for gay anal sex that's all <laughs> that's all I'm saying <clears throat> it's their own world man it's their own world it's, it's a wacky world But it's a world that the straight world doesn't understand. Okay? Just don't understand it. Going into a bathroom to have sex with another man. Okay? It's a world that the straight community doesn't understand. Various parks in America where you can go and have random sex with guys. It's a world the straight community doesn't know. Airport bathrooms. Airport bathrooms. Certain bathrooms at certain airports where people in the gay world and in the straight world who like to cross into the gay world know that if you go to a particular place, At a particular time. A person that's there. Is looking for indiscriminate sex. Again. It's a world. That unless you're gay. Or you're part of that community. You don't understand. So when Milo is talking about. The whole daddy figure. And age of consent. Uh, it is something that can vary based on the maturity of the 13-year-old and the relationship with the man. Yes, it is creepy. Yes, it, it's, it's, it's very pedophile-sounding. But it's not some one-off Oh, my God, I've never heard that before in the gay community. It's something that is common. So when my conservative friends are getting all outraged, saying, oh, I have a gay friend who said that is just so ludicrous. Oh, BS. Just stop. All right. You got that one it's like that one person that has the one gay friend. The whole group. And they're like, This is our gay friend Marvin. Marvin, say hello to everybody. Hi guys. How are you? See, there's our gay friend. We're not prejudiced. We're not racist. Really that's 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 your insight into the black community. Marvin. <laughs> Marvin. But in the same token, you can't defend it. You can't defend it. You can't go, ah, come on. Sex with kids is it's all cool, depending on. You can't defend it. The only thing you could do is point to George Takei. And other instances of liberals talking about pedophilia. That's the only thing you could do and say, all right, if you're going to take down this conservative, you should take down the liberals. There shouldn't be two sets of standards. And that's the only defense. That, that That's the only defense. You can't listen to George Takai and go, oh, that's so cute. It's Sulu talking about sex with a boy. (laughs) Milo, that's disgusting. You should be in jail. If it's cute for Sulu, then it's cute for Milo. If it's bad for Milo, or Milo, then it's bad for George Takei. It's bad for comedians to joke about pedophiles and and, and having sex with kids. Uh, i seen online Sarah Silverman um, a few years ago had a joke that she tweeted that said is it something to the nature of is it wrong to have sex with a kid or something in that uh, vein if the kid uh, is coming on to you. And we've seen that double standard, though. We've seen that double standard. And we've seen uh, the old women or the older woman getting caught uh, having sex or sexting or whatever with the 13 and 14-year-old boy. And it's basically looked at as, oh, God, wouldn't you want a teacher to... Play with your ding dong when you were fourteen. Come on, but when it's a thirty or forty year old man teacher having sex with a thirteen and fourteen year old girl, it's the death penalty. It's 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 uh, it's the electric chair. I'm saying both are bad, but we've seen it, seen the double standard. You you, you see it with the women teachers and the man teachers, and now you're seeing it with the gay conservative versus uh, the gay liberal. One's a beloved Star Trek figure. The other is is a hated bartender. If you're going to throw one out, you should throw the other. If you're going to keep one, you should keep the other. And then if you want to throw Lena Dunham in the picture, where she actually wrote about touching her uh, kid sister's genitals and giving her candy or kisses, weird, creepy Weird, creepy stuff. And, of course, that was applauded and talked about as being cute. So, again, I don't defend any of this stuff. I don't defend an adult having sex with a kid, even if the parents uh, sign the kid's rights away. Even when these parents are like, here, here, Joe, Bob, you can marry my daughter. That's wrong. There's no way to defend Milo. There's no way to defend anybody that has sex with kids. But, but, everybody should be treated equal. So if you're going to destroy Milo, because he's been destroyed. He's been destroyed. He was going to speak at CPAC. They pulled that from him. He got a book deal. They pulled that from him. He's no longer at Breitbart. He's basically looked at as the creepy, pedo english guy. That's part of NAMBLA. Hello, how are you? My name is Hans, and welcome to the North American Boy Love Association. Hello, be proud to be a boy lover. That's what Milo is now, while George Takai gets to be Sulu. So, I feel bad for Milo. Feel bad for Milo. Because he was rolling, man. <laughs> he was rolling. From Bill Maher, CPAC, Simon and Shu. he was rolling. The left losing their mind. Oh, they're making his views the mainstream. They're giving a mainstream press. They get it. And then, Talking about man boy love. <laughs> that's always that's always it's always a downer, you know. That's it's always that that's always just a downer. <laughs> man boy love always seems to be the downer, you know. So so it's a surefire way to just throw a big old. Wet blanket on the campfire. Hey, let's talk about football. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, what about that game? Hey, what about my, What do you think about that? Hey, let's talk about man boy love. <laughs> let's not. <laughs> let's not. But those of you who care, do a little research. But in the gay community. What Milo was talking about is actually a, a I don't want to say normal again, a I'll, I'll preference like I did in the beginning of this segment, I'm not saying all oh, gay people, it's not what I mean, but it, it, it's not just some one-off, it's not just some uh, weirdo British guy, all right, When George Takai is talking about it and he's a 70-year-old Asian man and Milo's talking about it and he's a 30-year-old British white man, you see that this whole uh, mentoring uh, of uh, the the bear with twink, the young uh, kid who's... uh, you know knows he's gay because remember this is nowadays you got kids what in seventh grade going i just wanted to come out i'm just gay remember back in the day remember back in the day this was a learned behavior it's 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 not i mean again there's no medical books anywhere I mean, John Hopkins even came out with a study that said there's no gay gene. So There's no gay gene. There's nothing in one's brain that's like, you're straight, you're gay, you're just confused. For the first 30 years of your life, you're a man, you like women, now you turn yourself into a woman, and you like men. There is no gene. There is nothing, okay? There's nothing that makes that happen. But now, now, kids as early as sixth grade, seventh grade, they know they're gay. They, they know that, you know, they uh, just all of all the stuff that goes with uh, being gay. All of that. So, nowadays, if you have somebody that's 13 or 14 years old, they already know they're gay. They're not confused. Because they're born that way. Don't forget. The concept of having a 25 or or 28-year-old man showing them the ropes... Showing them around the old stick. It's not abnormal. It's not abnormal. Sorry. And unless you're in the gay community. In the gay world. This is all foreign to you. So. Just let's put that in perspective. Like I said. Alright. You go to West Hollywood. No matter what bathroom. you, use, Any club. Any restaurant. you want to get head, you're getting head. It's just what goes on. Now, if I go to Chuck E. Cheese, or I go to the round table, or I go to
1: In-N-Out,
0: I'm not going in the bathroom, and there's going to be a girl like, hey, you want some head? Come here. Give me your speed. It doesn't happen. But in the gay world, a gay club, a gay restaurant, an establishment in the gay section of town, nine out of ten times, you could find action in a bathroom. Or you can find action with the clerk. You could find action really anywhere. Like I said, I'm not gay. But I do have a f- couple gay friends. And it's wild. It's wild. Listen, if I could be gay, all right, I would be gay, maybe when I was younger, because I'm a little older now, and sex isn't as like, oh, God, I want sex all the time. But if I was younger, I would have liked to have been gay. If I could have, like, if I was attracted to meat, like, if I was attracted to sweaty man buttocks, you could have counted me in. Because just think about it. I'm a guy. Some of my listeners are guys. Think about how we act. Think about what we're constantly thinking about. You know? and, And think about how indiscriminately that we have sex or we hook up. Now, apply that to the gay world. Uh, Apply that to another dude. Just imagine. Just imagine you're somewhere where there's mere images of you that are like, hey, dude, want to just go in the bathroom and F real quick and then that's it? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I'm down. It doesn't necessarily happen with a woman. It's just not how we're made up. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. So, in defense of Milo, all I'm saying is you don't know the gay community. And unless you've traveled in the gay community, it's hard to say, oh, having sex with a 13-year-old is just, just bad regardless. Yes, it is. 100%. But it's a different perspective from the world where a kid comes out and they're 13 or 14 and they look to a daddy figure, a bear to school them give them comfort the whole nother world and a lot of us don't Get will never get unless, of course, uh, you turn gay. I don't know, <laughs> but the only defense I could say is if you go after Milo, got to go after George. You got to go. You got to go after him. He should be uh, destroyed and have his life ruined, just like um, uh, Milo. So. I think having sex with kids, regardless, is horrible. Gay, straight, woman teacher, man teacher, 100%. They're all bad. (laughs) But I'm just putting things in perspective just a little. Okay? Just a little. And come on. Only in the gay world do they have... Bears and twinks, and only in the gay world do you have women that go out of their way to look like guys, even though their whole thing is not wanting to be with a guy. Their whole thing is woman power, and but yet the girls go out of their way to look like a dude. Makes no sense. There you go. The gay world. I'm not part of it. You're not part of it. Milo's part of it. George Takai's part of it. And somehow, in their world, mentoring a 13 and 14-year-old gay kid is something that they do. Maybe it's just those two gay guys out of millions, but I don't know. I don't know. That's it. It's Rob Scare. It's Rob show. (laughs) No, enough gay talk. All right, I'm done with the gay talk. Can we move on? I'm, I'm feeling like I get when I got to go to West Hollywood. (laughs) And I'm, and I'm feeling, and I feel like I, I feel, you know what I feel? I feel like I feel like Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow did a bit the other night, which is pretty wild. It's pretty wild if you've ever been raped, because Judd Apatow is is diminishing rape to the point where Judd Apatow says having Donald Trump as the president, to him, feels like he's being raped. (laughs) So just imagine, and I'm not talking about the fake rapes that get reported, legitimate rapes, women and men. And, and, and that part, that, that, that piece of them is, is ripped out of their soul. And it's never going to come back. And some women, some men are, are, are scarred for life. Life. Something that they never come back from. Judd Apatow is comparing Trump as president to a woman being raped (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: but i'll tell you this i'll tell you this walk down hollywood as a straight guy take that six block walk you want to feel what a woman goes through when she's walking through new york city and a bunch of construction workers Googling her and useling at her. Hey, baby! That's what it's like as a straight guy walking down west Hollywood, Santa Santa Monica Boulevard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, enough gay talk. I'm all gayed out. It's the Rob's Rob's a show. Give me uh, 42 seconds, and then we'll be right back. I got to have a bumper to, to, to put in commercials, so just give me a break. Don't be a little... Bitches. That's all I can say is don't be little bitches. Listen to Hillary Clinton talk about hot sauce. Rob's Carry, it's Rob's Carry show. What's something that you always carry with you? Hot it's sauce. Really? You yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Are you getting information right now? <laughs> <laughs> hot sauce. <laughs> hot sauce wow. in my bag, Swag? Hot sauce. Really? Yes. Really? Now listen, yes. I just want you to know people are going to see this and say, okay, she's pandering to black people. <laughs> <laughs> she's okay. To black people. Is it working? Is it working? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, hot. sauce. So- I've, I've been eating a lot of hot sauce, a lot of uh, raw peppers, and hot sauce. That's why you're coughing. You might need to slow down a need- little. <laughs> yeah. <cooler. laughs> yeah, I'm having a rebellion against it uh, because I think it keeps my immune system strong. Oh. I really do. I think hot sauce is good for you. All right, we're back. That's one of my favorite. That's what, like literally, literally. One of my favorite, favorite clips of all time. That's why we still have it in the queue. And Hillary Clinton talking about hot sauce in her a bag. In her bag swag. <laughs> all right, it's Rob's Carey. Rob's Carey Show. Don't forget, you can listen to us on Spreaker. Okay, you go to Spreaker.com. You punch in Rob's Carey Show. Boom, there we are. Boom, boom. Uh, also. Go to iTunes, punch in Rob's Carey Show. Boom! There we are. And of course, iHeartRadio. You can find us there. All right. So I want to talk about uh, Marie Le Pen. All right. Marie Le Pen. I got to tell you, you got the Woman's March. You got the Woman's March. All right. You got the Woman's March. Um,. You got your Amy Schumer's, your Sarah Silverman's, um, Jennifer Lawrence's. You got this uh, equal work, equal pay, which is BS, but women get paid Equal this? Oh, they get paid seventy cents or sixty cents on the dollar. Uh, BS. But we, we're not going to go through that. We're not going to go. That's it's just BS. Okay, it's just BS. But you got this whole uh, sexism, Um the wave of sexism. All these sexism, sexism, sexism. sexism. Okay. Misogyny, misogyny. Okay, all right, great. Women don't get paid the, the, what men pay. Okay. So, you got the woman's march. You got a lot of saber rattling from women. And yet, and yet, it's a woman by the name of Marie... Le Pen, who's part of the, um, well, I'm, I'm going to say her name properly. Give me a break. I, 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 my producer is like, uh, what? The right national front. <laughs> it just sounds heavy, you know. Um, she's basically running for president of France. Okay. Now, she went to a meeting over in Lebanon. She went to meet with uh, this uh, Lebanese Muslim leader, the Grand Mufti, some something like that. His name's not really that important in the grand scheme of this conversation but they handed her the headscarf they handed her the headscarf and said here you gotta you know you gotta cover up to have this meeting and she said uh thanks but no thanks cover up why would i cover up because your religion says that a woman has to be covered f you I mean, she doesn't say that, but basically she did. She turned around and left the meeting. Now, here in America, you have the whole woman's march, and, you know, I read you off all of the grievances and things of that nature. And yet, and yet, they never say one Word about Islam, and the fact that Muslims require women cover their heads, faces, ask permission to leave the house, drive a car. They act like that doesn't exist. They ignore that. They ignore that. When Hillary Clinton is gone to the Middle East, she's covered her head. Hell, when everybody's uh, on the left's beloved Michelle Obama went to the Middle East, she had to walk basically by herself in the back of the line, wasn't allowed to shake hands with any of the Arab leaders. But yet, nobody talks about this on the left. The women marchers don't talk about this. And, 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 the whole transgender I identify as a woman completely and utterly diminishes what a woman is, what a woman stands for, and their importance in the world because Bruce Jenner can declare I'm a woman I'm a woman and now reap the rewards that normally go to real women I mean, think about the things that Bruce Jenner got. Rather, they were magazine covers, rather, they were uh, uh, awards, all based on him being a woman. That doesn't whatsoever push forward the woman's agenda, it diminishes. The woman's agenda here's a dude who's going? I'm a woman now, so I'm gonna get everything that's coming to a woman. um how you like me now and this this women marchers the uh, You know, equality crowd, all of the women that are saber-rattling, they don't get this, they don't get that, have no problem with dudes saying, I'm a woman, and Muslims saying, cover your face, cover your head. Well, why? Because I said so. I'm a man. Okay. And that's the left. That's the women on the left. And it just shows you how completely warped their minds have become. How brainwashed they've become. Here they are, bitching about men. A man makes more money than us. A man gets a better placement and job for us. A man gets, uh, you know, preferential treatment. Hey, uh, here's Bruce Jenner. He's now a woman, and he now gets the magazine cover. (laughs) Hey, he now gets the SB over a legitimate girl who died of cancer. This girl playing bass died dead. Dead is dead. Not giving her the award. We're giving it to a dude who says, I'm a girl. No, you're not. Sorry, bro. You're not a girl. Not a girl. You can't change your DNA. Think you're a girl. You can act like a girl. But you're not a girl. And liberal women, man, they ignore that issue and the whole Islam, uh, Muslim issue. It's, it's wild. You would think, you would think that American women would be hard as blank as it pertains to Islam. Yeah, I mean, you would think, you would think American women would be outraged. And this notion that that's only radical Islam, no, 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 no. It's like anything in Islam that is funky, the left goes, oh, that's just radical Islam. Oh, okay. Radical Islam. That's not the case i'll I'll give I'll give I'll give in and say radical Islam are the ones that blow themselves up and go la, 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 la. fine. It's really only one step away from all the rest of them that say women are garbage. Women can't vote. Women can't drive a car. Women have to be completely covered. Sometimes it's modified. They only have to have their heads covered. This is just one step away. And that aspect is not radical Islam. Radical Islam is blowing yourself up for Allah. The rest of Islam is covering yourself up and being told when to poop, when to eat, when to sleep. Basically being property. And yet liberal women ignore that. It's, pretty, it's kind of like they do Comes to Bill Clinton, they they ignore Bill Clinton and Bill Clinton's history. They just ignore. They like pretend uh, it. I don't know. It's like their exception. It's like their exception. It's like, well, yeah, okay, but it was just a, you know it was just fellatio Wait a minute, it was an intern. It was employee. If it, I mean, it, it happened today, and it wasn't liberal, I mean, oh my god! I mean, you guys are outraged because Trump talking on tape, not about random women, but he's basically talking about star effort women, basically the women that will let you do anything to them. If you're rich and famous, which is the truth, ask Justin Bieber about that. Ask Kendrick Lamar about that. Ask any rock star. Ask Magic Johnson about that. Ask Wilt Chamberlain about that. When you're having sex with 10,000 women, what do you think? They're having sex with Wilt Chamberlain because he's just a, a hot, sexy guy? He's just some, some hot, sexy, 6'11 dude? What are you, nuts? It's Wilt the He's a championship basketball player. He walks out of the dressing room, and there's a, just just a throng of girls lined up. And he goes, hey, who uh, is gonna let me uh, urinate on him? They, they go, okay, I'm right here, Will. Me, 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 me. I'm, I'm down, Will. I'm down. Telling you, liberal women are are they're mentally unstable. I I, I really have come to that conclusion. When I saw the video of Marie Le Pen and the fact that it didn't get as much publicity as I would have thought, and the fact that no one on the left talks about her, I went, yeah, you know, uh, liberal women... Are, are, are they're, they're, they're mentally unstable they're mentally unstable and hell we touched on this last week as it pertained to Beyonce listening to the left marvel at Beyonce's stomach and the twins that are inside her and how beautiful is and this this representation of motherhood it's like yeah but that's not motherhood those are blobs in her those aren't humans in her they're nothing they're not humans until they come out oh Oh, no they are humans they are beautiful because they're queen telling you women on the left are nuts They're nuts. When I see those women marches and I see the Muslim women marching with them and their heads are covered. like, Are you kidding me? She's being told she's got to wear that. She's being told she has to wear that headscarf. She's being told. And you're supposed to be all about Freedom. It's nuts. So my uh, 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 my sincere admiration to Marie Le Pen for doing what American women and I say American women half the American women the the half the Lena Dunhams that go oh the. The, the women that voted for Trump should be ashamed of themselves. What are you talking about? You should be ashamed of yourself for supporting Islam, for supporting a religion that says women are, 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 are garbage, are nothing. You have to ask permission to leave the house. Are you kidding me, dummy? Where women get acted, thrown in their face because they want to go to school. How's that? How's that, stupid? So, Marie Le Pen. Gotta give her big props. Uh, Go, it's online. You can find it. Just type in uh, Marie Le Pen. Marie Le Pen. And you'll be able to see uh, the video of her telling uh, her the uh, the muzzy. (laughs) get asked good stuff all right it's rob scary it's rob scary show we'll be right back i'm not going anywhere um we'll be right back just it'll be quick quick be so quick your head's gonna hurt okay it's gonna be so quick your head's gonna hurt all right 2015 during a press conference Secretary Clinton assured us her private email server was secure saying the server was on private property guarded by the Secret Service. Now this would be laughable if it wasn't so serious. I know, you know, my constituents in eastern Iowa know you don't need to be a cat burglar to hack into an email server and you don't need a cloth to wipe a server clean. One would think that a former United States Senator, one would think That a former Secretary of State would know this as well. Would you agree with that statement? You would think, although, as I said before, one of the things I've learned in this uh, case is that the the Secretary may not have been as sophisticated as people assume. She didn't have a computer in her office at the State Department, for example. So I I don't think. So I would assume the same thing about someone who'd been a senator and a high-ranking official. I'm not sure it's a fair assumption in this case. All right, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. That was an old video uh, or an audio thing of of James Comey. All right, so uh, one of the big stories, I don't know those of you who listen to the program that don't live in California, California, that don't live in California, know about this because it hasn't really, um, you know, made its way to the news. And I love when I, when I say that, and um, rather it's uh, Hack Tapper or uh, Wolf Blitzer, somebody from CNN tweets something, or you might see a little uh, article, and for them that's, we covered it, what are you talking about? We covered it, and that's not what I mean. To me, covering it is when they have their panel discuss for two hours why Ivanka Trump looks the way she does, why she smells the way she does. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Van Jones cries. That—that's what I mean by covering it. When Hack Tapper, like, tweets a story and then can say, look, we covered it, it's very, very, uh, very disingenuous. So the story I'm talking about is the police officer, uh, Keith Boyer, who was killed out. what is extremely distressing about this killing is that it was by what the left would call non-offenders. And the left uses this word a lot. The media uses this word a lot. very disingenuous because when you hear non-violent offenders what's the first thing that comes to your mind because it's the thing that the left it's the thing that the media it's the thing that the, the democrats the progressives have painted this picture of and it's kind of like with refugees and illegals when you think of refugees the media democrats paint this picture of an eight-year-old boy who's almost had his limbs blown off, and he just wants to come America to be uh, rid of the the, the torture. and That's the picture they paint. But in reality, that, that's the small percentage of the refugees. They don't show the 25-year-old guys, the 30-year-old guys. They don't show the Somalis you know like the ones that stab people at the malls that's not what they do they show you little kids and young girls and go look these are refugees same thing with illegals it's always this i don't want to be derogatory but heavy set mexican girl crying oh no what did i do this guy not my mommy is my daughter. Oh. So, in turn, when you hear Uh, illegal immigrants being deported, the image in your head is uh, the the fat, crying Mexican teen. (laughs) In reality, that's a small percentage. I mean, just look at the Dreamer Act. If there's 11 million illegals... And only 900,000 of them are part of the Dreamers Act. There you go. It's ingenuous when the media, the left, Democrats, show you the picture of the fat Mexican teen as being the representative of illegal immigration. So, what do we hear about non-violent offenders. A guy that was caught with two grams of marijuana and he was sentenced to 10 years of prison. And then we see a guy who is giving an interview and he's on his sixth year of the 10 year stint for having three grams of marijuana and in a state like california you could have up to ounce of marijuana legally and here's a guy that's clogging the jail systems so of course when you're hearing hundreds of thousands of nonviolent criminals clogging the jail system, and we need uh, prisoner. So that's the image that is painted. So, and here of a violent offender, you're thinking of Bartholomew, you know, got 10 years, we're having three grams or James, the black guy who had one vial of crack cocaine and he got 29 years once again it's very disingenuous because the guy that killed Keith Boyer out here in was classified as a Non-violent offender. Seen a picture of the guy? And I'm not saying pictures make you guilty. But you're talking tattoos all over his face. The rap sheet. Grand Theft Auto. Robbery. In the last seven months. He was arrested five times. This person is the real face of non violent offenders. So you've got to remember something. The way our system works in anything is all about. Classification statistics. And pending on what's classified falls into what statistic, so in turn, that makes the numbers. And you very easily can classify one group, and that, classification puts them in a different statistic so in turn you go oh wow look at look at all these non-violent offenders look at all these violent offenders look at all and that's all it is and remember same thing with getting arrested okay so if i get arrested Because I got a gun. So you got to remember how the classifications work. Say I get arrested in committing a crime and I have a weapon on me. As long as I didn't use in the crime, that offense can be labeled as a non-violent offense. And let's not forget, the lawyers all make plea deals, regardless if it's an expensive lawyer or some public defender. At the end of the day, everybody makes deals. So when you hear the statistics and the classifications of. Oh, these are all non-violent offenders. That's BS. It's BS. You're not talking about a bunch of people who were caught with three grams of marijuana and they got 10-year sentences. You're talking about people like the guy that killed Keith Boyd who were involved in grand theft auto and robbery. And they had weapons on them, but they didn't use the weapons in the act of the crime. Or they used the weapon, but the lawyer pled it down. This is the face of this criminal justice reform. We need criminal justice reform. What out here in California, this guy was uh, let to run the streets because of a bill. It's called Assembly Bill One Hundred and Nine. Okay, and basically what it said was if you were a non-violent offender, uh, they would move you from the state prison. To the county jail or you could get probation check in with some county officer and you're able to roam the streets it's called flash incarceration That's the other aspect. What that is, is, well, you're supposed to get six months, so we're just going to put you in for 60 days. And we're going to knock it down to 30 days, and then uh, we're going to let you out. And now, all of this happened... Because California got jammed up For having overcrowded prisons Overcrowded prisons And so a case Was taken to the Supreme Court And the Supreme Court said yeah the, 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 the way some of these people are living In these prisons is inhumane It violates their constitutional rights And blah 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 So instead of building more prisons, we let them out so they can then go and kill police officers, steal cars. Remember, this guy was arrested five times in the last seven months. So before he killed this cop, he perpetrated crimes against citizens in the greater L.A. area all this why because if you build more prisons some liberal douchebag will do some story about how we have more people incarcerated in in the United States than uh what what the the rest of the world and it's all because of low level marijuana crimes uh, no, that that's not the case. That's not the case. We can't have our prisons like a business. That's no way to treat the American people. What do you mean? It's it, it, What are you talking about? What what are you what are you talking about? the concept of just releasing people onto the streets you know think about this okay you think about this you have people all right on a regular basis out there in the job market look for forget great paying jobs but good paying jobs Then you got a whole group of people that are illegal, that are doing jobs, and according to them and the left, jobs that Americans won't do. So, let me ask you, where does a guy who did two years for Grand Theft Auto, and we're not talking about Grand Auto, you know, gone in sixty seconds. The sexy Grand Theft Auto, where where you're, you're 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 stealing fifty luxury cars at night with Angelina Jolie to make a ten million dollar score and to free your brother from the evil clutches of a mafia king. Oh no, not, no, you you're talking about. Stealing a car, so then you can then commit robbery or, or or some other crime. Okay, we're we're not talking about sexy Angelina Jolie, Grand Theft Auto. So you're you're in prison for two years for Grand Theft Auto robbery, maybe a little breaking and entering. And you get out, where are you going? Where are you going? Now you're competing with illegals and non-illegals, just people trying to find a a decent job. Now, I'm not saying uh, people should uh, go to jail for the rest of their life stealing a car. not what I'm saying in and out of jail five times in seven months, it's over, okay? It's, it's over. Your life should then be behind bars. We should have more prisons, more, you know, uh, uh, communities. Listen, prison is like its own little world. It really is. And depending on what type of prison you go to, television, they got hot plates, some have microwaves. It's like their own world. They have a set of rules. Well, guess what? They're not hurting nobody, they're not, you know, committing more crime. They're contributing to our economy because now they, a prison that's employing 200 guards, cooks, groundskeepers, they are contributing to the engine and the fuel of a prison system that for all the bleeding heart activism that, not me, others want to do, is never going to change an individual like the one who killed Officer Boyer. We're not talking about the guy who gets caught with two grams of weed. We're not talking about that media creation. We're talking about people in and out of jail five times in seven months. That's a reality. This isn't an anomaly. This is a reality. And it's happening on a regular basis. Out of the hundreds of thousands and thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people that are in prisons, state, county, a very, very small, teeny, tiny percentage is made up of guys that were caught with three grams of marijuana or one vial. Of crack cocaine. And just because. You didn't pull out the gun. And shoot the person. When you are committing a crime. Doesn't mean. That you're a non-violent offender. It just means that you didn't have a chance. For whatever circumstance. Or for whatever reason. To pull out that weapon. And that's it. That is it. That's it. And I don't even know how many are out in Los Angeles, or out in California, for that matter. But this bill was signed in 2011. So since 2011, there's been tens of thousands of people That have been doing the flash incarceration. In and out, in and out, in and out. And you're going to see more of these Officer Boyer incidences. The only reason you don't hear more about them now is because they're not police officers that are getting killed. It's a restaurant that's being burglarized. A house that's being burglarized. I mean, if you think about it, this guy was busted five times in the last seven months. The only reason we've heard about what happened is because he killed a cop. So that means after he did the three or four or five years that he did before he was let out in this past year, He kept breaking the law. He'd get arrested for robbery. Get arrested for stealing a car. We didn't know about that. He got busted for robbery. Sat in prison for, uh, uh, you know, 10 days. Boom, let him out. Matter of fact, this guy was just let out from jail on the 10th. The 10th of this month. So 11 days ago, the guy was in jail. And they went, all right, you could come out now. And not only did he kill the cop, they say he shot like, a relative, a cousin or a brother or something like that. So imagine how many people are out there. 2011, there's got to be tens of thousands of people that just haven't been caught yet in a crime where the county or the state can't ignore it. Where it's like, oh, wow, you, you raped a woman. All right, that goes by violent offender. But up to that point, ah, you broke into a house. No big deal. You mugged somebody. You didn't have a weapon. No big deal. Or you didn't use the weapon. Stole a car. No big deal. Well, you're raped. Big deal. And that's really just a microcosm of what we're going through with Trump's new immigration order. We actually have people uh, complaining, going, oh, so now they're going to go after uh, uh, illegals For low-level criminal offenses? When when, when the F did we become a society where we could break the law? Like, robbery isn't a big deal. It's like, if I go and I break into somebody's house and steal their stuff, they're not going to say to me, ah, you know what? You didn't rape anyone. You didn't shoot anyone. Ah, you're all good. But with an illegal, you would think that would get you deported. No, not under Obama. You got to rape and murder someone to get deported. So it's a microcosm. It really is. So you got guys out here in California, criminals, straight up criminals, and they don't stop in jail unless they rape or murder someone, stealing cars, breaking into residences, breaking into businesses. That's all cool. Fine and dandy. Fine and dandy. So it's amazing. I'm waiting to hear if they say this guy wasn't illegal. Oh, well, I you know what wouldn't even matter. It really wouldn't because nobody's really covering this now, anyways. Nobody's really covering this now, anyways. Yeah, if you go to CNN, you want to know what they're covering. It's like a uh, the, one of their headlines is a family of Muslims because all covered. They look like they're from like Nigeria, though, and it says the race to reunite to reunite as travel ban looms, and it has a picture of all these um, uh, uh, Muslim individuals. And under it it says, "This country welcomed us, but separated us." That that's what they got. If you go to CNN, <laughs> amazing. All right, it's Rob's. We'll be right back after. Uh, Bill Clinton telling the American people I did not have sex with that girl it's Rob Zaccari it's a Rob Zaccari show but I want to say one thing to the American people I want you to listen to me I'm going to say this again I did not have sexual relations with that woman Ms. Lewinsky I never told anybody to lie, not a single time never these allegations are false and I need to go back to work for the American people. Thank you. Yeah. And I never had sex with her, and I'm going to go back and talk to American people. All right. Before we talk about the uh, immigration uh, order, which we all knew this was coming down, but oh man, the left they everybody's freaking out again. Goes back to my. Uh, Take your shoes off before you go on to the nice white carpet. Eerie, but before we do that, real quick. So I tweeted out a story, and it was on the, I think it was the Free Beacon. And I tweeted this out when I was laying in bed. <laughs> I was laying in bed, had my my newborn child on my chest while I was tweeting this. Now, I don't know if you guys. No, maybe no, maybe you don't. I don't know. But over the weekend, uh, the Washington Post had this article. Okay, by uh, Ned Price. It was a, I mean, it was a big article. They made it. I mean, they pushed the hell out of this article. And of course, you know, your 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 Jake Tappers, you know, all the different media people retweeted it. And it was basically a CIA employee, okay, who resigned because he could not, in good faith, serve the administration of Trump as an intelligence professional. this big article by this Edward Price. And as a low-information voter, which I'm not, but I put myself in the shoes of a low-information voter. And I think, hmm, if you don't know Anything about politics, person, you don't really know anything about different websites that are not um, Democrat corporate propaganda. How would this article affect you? Would you be a took back would, would Would you be saying, man, CIA employee, just quit? Literally, just quit. He's like, I can't deal with this. This president is just c- crazy. Especially when you hear people like uh, Bill Maher, and he's straight up on his show because I had to watch some of it because the whole uh, Milo interview, talking about the intelligence community doesn't trust Trump and that you know the, there's they're patriots. And they know he's bat crap crazy, and they're doing what they're doing to to warn. I mean, you're, you're just like, wow, bro, you're like way out there. But anyways, you read this article in the Washington Post, and you're like, wow, this is pretty heavy. Well, of course, when you
1: dig into
0: who Edward Price is, and you do a little non-Democrat propaganda corporate website viewing, you find out that this Edward Price not only contributed thousands of dollars to Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign, But the guy was Ben Rose's assistant. So he's been part of the Obama administration for years and years and years. And he was Ben Rose's right-hand So the Washington Post doesn't mention any of this. They leave all of this out. They leave the guy's history out. So when you read it, you're just sitting there going, Wow, here's this CIA official, Edward Price, who is just so distraught by Trump that he quit. Oh, gee, I guess Trump really is nuts. I, I, you know, I guess he's, he's yeah, Bill Maher's right. I guess they're, they're, oh my God. But the guy was Ben Rhodes' assistant. He was the Deputy National Security Advisor's assistant. Ben Rhodes, the guy who said, hey, you know what? Uh, I got this Iran nuclear deal passed by basically bamboozling the media, and I just fed them all the BS that I needed to feed them so that they would report what a plum Iran deal this was. 'Cause they're all stupid kids. They're all ignorant. They're all stupid. So I tweeted today. This is why Trump me on the right about fake news. It's fake news. This is fake news. Trying to create a narrative, trying to put in people's minds and leaving out pertinent information. Let me read you a piece of the article that the Free Beacon did. So it says Price reportedly worked hand in hand with Obama's Deputy National Security Advisor Ben Rhodes In his effort to create an echo chamber during the administration's nuclear negotiations with Iran When the news broke that Iran was holding American hostages in the lead up to Obama's 2016 State of the Union address It was Price who was ordered by Rhodes to begin spinning the administration's well-cultivated network of officials according to David Samuels of the New York Times. David Samuels wrote an article in the New York Times. I mean, this is how arrogant the left is. This is how arrogant the media is. That they would write an article, a message, try to create a narrative that this Price guy is an independent thinker just somebody so disconnected With politics, and he's only acting as a patriot. When the New York Times did an article on this guy, the New York Times did an article on this guy in relation to Ben Rhodes and the nuclear deal. And this guy writes Price turns to a computer and begins tapping away at the administration's well cultivated network of officials talk heads, columnists, and newspaper reporters, web jockeys, and outside advocates who could tweet at critics and tweak their stories up by quotations from senior White House officials and spokespeople, Samuel wrote. I watched the message bounce from Rhodes' brain to Price's keyboard to the three big briefing podiums, the White House, the State Department, and the Pentagon, and across the Twitter-verse where it springs to life in dozens of Insta stories, which over the next five hours don formal dress for mainstream outlets. Ned Price, Rhodes' assistant, gave me a primer on how it's done. The easiest way for the White House to shape the news, he explained, is from the briefing podiums, each of which has its own dedicated press corps. But then there are sort of... Force manipulators. We have our compadres. I will reach out to a couple people. And you know. I want to name them. I can name them. Picking off a few names. Of prominent Washington reporters. And columnists who often tweet. In sync with the White House messaging. Price laughed. I'll say. Hey look. Some people are spinning this narrative. That is a sign of America weakness. But. In fact, it's a sign of strength, he said, uh, chuckling. And I'll give them some color. Price continued. And then the next thing I know, lots of these guys are in the dot-com publishing space. And they have huge Twitter followings. And they'll be putting this message out on their own. So this was an article by the New York Times on this guy, Ned Price. And here's the Washington Post over the weekend article. And an op-ed with Ned Price making it seem like this guy is disconnected from politics. He's a patriot. He's worked for Republican administrations. He's worked for Democrat administrations. But Trump is just the worst of the worst. It's BS. This is BS. This is why the Washington Post is fake news. This is why the New York Times is fake news. This is why CNN is fake news. Just fake news. This guy is so intertwined with the Obama administration. I mean, so intertwined that, A, if you were that intertwined, why would you want to continue to work for Trump? Like, just. Out of just pure principle. If you are like hand in hand with Ben Rhodes, how do you go from that to then go, yes, Mr. President Trump, I will do whatever you say. Of course, it's silly. Silly. Chances are the guy was going to get fired because they're cleaning house. So he said, you know what? Let let me kind of go out with a bang. Let me talk to my people at the Washington Post. And let's craft this story so a low-information voter will read it and go, Oh, my God. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So I tweeted that article. It's on my Twitter feed from the Washington Free Beacon, Uh, and it was fascinating. It really was fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Now, I had no idea about this connection, but I'm not a low-information voter. I know enough to go to multiple places to get information. But when I first read the Washington Post article, I was like, wow, Some heavy stuff. Of course, in the back of my mind, I knew there was more to it than just some guy putting his name on a story. Because remember, the narrative now, at least the talking points now from our side is, hey, if you're going to write articles, put some names with these people. Don't write an entire article. And use anonymous sources. So I read this and I went, oh, all right. So now they're putting names. They're they're, they're putting names. So I thought it was pretty heavy. And it wasn't until I did the rest of my show search. Show search. I think I'm getting a stroke here. Then I found the article, and I went, wow, I had no idea. So that just shows you, man, just shows you. Yes, we won the battle. We got the White House. But this war, uh, the liberals, the media, the Democrats, progressives, they've been fighting this war and winning this war since... The press was invented, if you want to coin it as that. We have to keep the pedal to the floor. Because this is just the tip of the iceberg with these people. Anyways, uh, Trump's immigration orders are now uh, officially out into the well again we knew about all this we knew about this when trump signed the executive order we knew about but i guess now uh, that it's coming from the department of homeland security and and there's actually paperwork i guess now it's official i mean we knew it was going to be official when Trump ran and said, this is what we're going to do. If I win, this is what we're going to do. We all went, they're going to do this. We believed it. I know I know everybody on the left somehow did it. Some Republicans slash conservatives didn't believe it because they all figured Trump would be like them. This guy, all right, now when I get into the White House, I'm going to do any of this stuff I would do. When Trump started to do this up, they went, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, what's, what's going on? This guy's sticking by what he said? What? This, what? And I don't want to go through my whole shoes inside of the house analogy because a lot of my um, listeners that are longtime fans are definitely sick of hearing the analogy. But it really is like having your shoes off every time you go into the house with the nice new carpet and they make the one exception, you wear your shoes in the house and that becomes the norm. And when you go back to telling everybody to take the shoes off, it's like pandemonium. So part of these orders that came out Told the ICE officials, told the ICE officers, no more putting illegals in classes and categories. No more. If you're an illegal and you commit a crime, you're going to be deported. And that's how it was before Obama took office. Nobody sat there and went, hmm, okay. Robbery, good. Rape, bad. Stealing a car, good. Killing someone, bad. All right, uh, you guys get deported. You guys get to stay and do some more robbing. Kind of like when we talked about the police officer getting killed. So these past eight years, ICE created these classes. So it's like, okay, these illegals get to stay. What they're doing isn't that bad. And I bring up years and years and years and years and years ago. It used to be, anything you did bad will get you deported. And the illegals knew that. So they were always, always on the lookout and keeping themselves out of trouble. He didn't have people going on Facebook saying, hey, F everybody. I got free money. I got, uh, you know, uh, I'm working the system and there's nothing you could do about it. And you definitely didn't have state legislatures like out here in California, Kevin DeLeon saying half my family would fall under the guidelines of being deported. They have fake social security cards. They have fake immigration paper. They have fake uh, work permit. They got fake everything not how it used to be i'm here illegally i'm working i gotta keep my nose clean because if i f up i'm gonna get deported so now we're back to the way it used to be wow and of course the left is losing their minds oh my god oh my but hey stupid stupid This is how it always was. Which, apply the analogy. We always took our shoes off when we went into the house. We just started leaving our shoes on. But look, the carpet's trashed. We need to go back taking our shoes off. What? Oh my God! Uh. Expedited removal. So, under the Obama administration, if you were caught 100 miles of the border, and it was recent, like within 14 days, you'd be deported immediately. You'd be gone. Okay? Gone. Boo! So if you were caught a year and a half, hell, six months, and you were in Georgia, you would not be deported immediately. It would be one of those slow walks. They would give you that ticket and say, hey. You need to show up for immigration court. Could be a year from now. Could be two years from now. Could be three years from now. Here you go. Have a nice life. Well, under Trump, it's going back to the way it was. Doesn't matter how many years you've been in this country. Doesn't matter how far you are from the border. If you get caught. You can be deported. There is no ticket that says, ah, come back. You go to a detention center. End of story. The left is freaking out. What? I mean, think about the Obama policy. If you get into the country undetected, you move away from the scene of the crime in the shadows for 14 days you're home free I mean it's like the statute of limitations you know you you, you break the law as long as you stay under the radar for a certain amount of time you can't be convicted anymore Or tried for the crime. Or when you bang out a credit card and it goes on your credit report. After a certain amount of years, it's gone from your credit report. They can't come after you for the debt. It's like it never happened. It's the same thing. Sneak across the border and you stay in the shadows for 15 days, you're home free. And the ticket aspect, part of this, and not, meaning you get in trouble for whatever reason, and you're an illegal, and they order you for deportation, or at least order you to stand trial, or or be in front of a judge, you get a hearing, they give you a, a, a summons, Say so go here. They're not going to do that anymore. You, the law, and you're up for deportation, there is no, oh, well, you got to come back to court in a year. No, you go to a detention, you basically go to jail. That's where you go. Sorry, gone. The left freaking out. What do I... Guess what, stupid? That's how it used to be. Another part of the order is 10,000 new agents. What? Oh, my God. And another Obama uh, rollback was a thing called uh, 287G, which basically... Made local law enforcement De facto uh, Immigration agents Obama became president He went, ah, don't Don't follow that anymore Local police State police You don't do anything As more as immigration Nope No more No more. Now, 287G is being enacted again. So now local police can also be part of the immigration system. Again, these are all things that have been on the books. And Obama did away with them. And you ask yourself, why? Well, why? What's the, re- what's, the re- what's the reasoning? What's the reasoning to say, if you rob the car and you're an illegal, no problem. You could stay here. But if you rape someone, you're going to get deported. Why not deport the person who robbed the car also? I, I mean, well, why not? What's the rational reason for that? And the only reason, and I know it's very cynical, but the only reason is because the Democrat Party has become a party of identity politics. They're not a party of ideas, they're not a party of principles. It's all about identity politics. And they've always known that if they had to run on ideas and principles, they would lose. All of these moves with rolling back all of these laws or provisions is part of votes. And I've said this before. And we, we can argue uh, about
1: illegals
0: that vote. And oh where's the proof. And, and and there's a great article that came out over the weekend. That we'll talk about tomorrow. But put that aside. How about just this. If you're an anchor baby. Or you're a dreamer. You're just one of five kids. And you're the fifth kid. So. Uh, The first kid's the anchor baby. You're just here. If this was done 20 years ago, are you going to get behind somebody who wants to enact policies that could have family members deported, friends deported, Because in the past 20 years, you've been part of a population that has exploded in parts of California, in parts of Texas, in parts of Colorado, parts of Nevada, where you've heard the term a two-family income household. These are two-family or or two-member illegal households. Every one of these households have illegals embedded in them. Well, the family members that legally vote are definitely not going to vote for somebody that will deport their friends or their relatives. Identity politics. That's all. Because there's no other reason to say people that steal cars that are illegal could stay in the country. People that break into restaurants, they could stay. Fraud. And here's the other kind of nuanced kind of catch your liberals in a uh, B.S. statement because you got to say which is it, and here's what I mean. When you're somebody who's against illegal immigration and you say, look how much money illegals cost us when they collect welfare or they go to uh you know public schools and 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 you know drain the system there, and the left goes, Oh, please, you know how money uh, it's a percentage that is almost non existent, it's almost non existent, there's not a lot of fraud, there's not a lot of illegals that are doing these things, and you go, Oh, okay, well." then why does it matter if being caught getting government benefits, using school facilities, anything involves fraud, legal saying, no, I'm legal, this is all good, gets them deported? If it's not a big number of individuals who do this, what's it matter if this is back? being enforced so is it that it will wreck tons of families because there's tons of people doing it or there's not a lot of people doing it stop your bitching and crying illegals are awesome they're not draining the system can't have it both ways can't have it both ways so if you're saying oh my god this is going to destroy families you know how many people do this you know, blah blah, blah, blah. Well, okay, yeah, that's a bad thing, because think about all the money they take from the system. Well, wait a minute, But then it's it, uh, exactly it's a trip. We're we're basically debating law. It's like we're we're not we're not debating a, a cultural issue. We're not debating gay wedding cake. We're, we're not debating. Uh, a guy with boobs going into a woman's bathroom. We're debating law. that That's the trip. We're, we're debating, well, that person shouldn't be deported because that law they broke wasn't that big of a deal. Wh- what? Well, that law wasn't that big of a deal. Stealing a car is not a big deal? No. Oh, Okay. All right. Amazing. And that's the left. All right, it's Rob Zakari, it's Rob Zakari show. You guys have been great. I love you all. You are the best. I appreciate every night you listen to us. I I do. I appreciate it. Don't forget you can listen to us on Spreaker. You can listen to us on iHeartRadio, you can listen to us on iTunes, and you can follow us on Twitter. Twitter. Okay. And uh, Twitter is at Rob Zakari Show. So go follow us. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. You are the best. You are the brightest. Yes, you are. You are the brightest, smartest uh, audience members out there. You're huge and you're bigly. See you guys tomorrow. Bye.